Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast brought to you by Red Army Bet, a betting site with a difference. Not only are we offering the best available odds on a United win, we've also got exclusive special bets created by Reds. And as we share half our net profits with the United supporters community, no matter what, the fans can always end up winning. Check out our website, redarmybet.com, or download the app, Red Army Bet. About fans, by fans, for. Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten, and I'm sat in a bar in the centre of Seville. It's one of the biggest and most beautiful old towns in Europe. It's a wonderful sunny afternoon. United fans are enjoying themselves. I sat all around the town and looking forward to the game. I've been in Seville since Sunday. I watched uh, Real Betis play Real Madrid. And then I'm going to go and speak to some and interview Real Betis players tomorrow. But the focus of this podcast is very much around Manchester United against Sevilla. I've got some nice people lined up to speak to, mainly after the game because I feel that the result will be so important that that will be the main focus. If United um, were to win convincingly or, or get hammered, then that will be the main focus. But I'm sat around a, a table with a load of people who are often on this podcast and we started talking about sweets and your favourite sweets. And we thought it might be an interesting subject. And I know some people who listen to this only want to listen to... They only want to know who Manchester United are signing. And some transfer news. Maybe this podcast is not going to be for you and you should listen to something else. <laughs> sweets. What is your favourite ever sweet? And why? Hello. Oh, sorry. This is Steve Armstrong. Steve is often a host. Could you introduce <laughs> on here, right? You should all introduce yourself, and we're going to talk about sweets, all of you. Yeah, okay. I, I should give introduce you some. Ad- I should give you some advice on how to handle these type of podcasts, mate. Yeah, I'm glad you've got your fucking feet out of my wine, by the way. You've been an absolute pest since you got here. First thing you did was rock up, kick off about the fact that your toes sore, then demand medical advice, which meant I had to ring my missus back in England, who used to be a nurse, to decide whether your toe was broke or not. She told you to put it in ice. So what did you do? He took his shoes and his socks off and stuck it in our ice bucket where our wine is. So what do you want? I probably broke my toe the weekend playing football. What, what do you I, want to ask me? I did win the tackle and I just want it to be better for the for my next game. Your favourite sweet? Favourite ever, sweet? Ever. Oh, we uh, were talking about them. Uh, oh, it's a great... I love, I love wine gums, sports mixtures. I don't want to sound racist, but I don't like the black ones. Um... I don't like the licorice ones, they're horrible, so they all they always get binned. But um, fruit salads. Remember sherbet when we were a kid? Yeah, and you, yeah, dip, yeah. you dip the licorice in. Yeah. That's just sugar, wasn't it? The Looking one that, back now, well, the one that, what used to wreck me head in the. I used to like where, where, where we always used to do our paper outs, if you remember, behind the counter, there was just shelves and yeah. shelves and jars yeah, yeah, and jars of sweet. I could never get my head around how the sherbet all. Stayed in the same, in the same colours, yeah, in the same lines. I could never get my head around it. How many so. paper rounds did you have? And what did you deliver? Did, well, you, did I, you do the evening news? I did. Uh, used to do the morning. Used to do. Well, it was in North Manchester, so we do. Fucking Wednesday was horrible. Wednesday was up because you had the Middleton Guardian to do as well. But Thursday, Thursday was almost like because you had radio and TV times as well. So you ended up with your bag. It was absolute. Some you couldn't. You couldn't roll it all up to put through a letterbox and then we do the evening news at a night so, but I was back then uh, when the evening news was um, it was like uh, a proper broadsheet I don't know if people will remember that but evening news isn't it, it went tabloid in about 80 
81? I think it might, it might have been. I, I've got earlier in my head, but okay. you're probably right. Um, it might have been around the early 80s, but yeah, the old one was. Um, it was just a massive big broadsheet like the Telegraph or the Guardian, or, as it used to be. So, um, so yeah, paper round. I didn't have. I, I know someone who used to run a paper round protection racket actually. Um, Go on. <laughs> I'll tell that story another day. Uh, maybe we, uh, I'm best to tell that story yeah, another day. I yeah. did have a lot of paper rounds. You did, I, didn't you? Yeah. Um, I, anyway, back I, on the I don't think seat. they'd put the kids of today through what I used to carry on a Sunday morning. It was that heavy, seriously. Yeah, it was the heavy. Sunday Times was like four yeah. bricks. No, the, the Thursday when you had the Radio and TV Times was... Because Radio Times was BBC, TV Times was ITV. So you had to do both. Back onto sweets. Yeah, yeah. Um, Swizzles are made in new mills, aren't they? I had a thing for cola cubes, but the chewy ones. Yeah, I don't like cola cubes. I know, but the ones that were chewy in the middle were all right. Cola, treat, bo- cola bottles. Remember the old cola bottles, the bigger yeah. ones? Well, do you remember there was a bear one? There was a bear yeah. bottle version. Um, yeah, the penny tray was always all right. You get a penny out of it and you get like them, um, them white mice. The brown mice weren't great. Um, oh, you had them little, them ja- white them mice little, were better than brown. Mice. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, there we are. Do you remember the cigar ones and the bub? Yeah, yeah. The penny penny tray was all right. I, I don't know. Chocolate limes, they were all right. Chocolate limes were beautiful. Um, can we talk sweets? What are your favourite sweet, sweets? Sweets. Um, you to pick your three favourite sweets. Pro- probably. Um, do you remember the chocolate cigarettes that were covered in yeah. white rice paper? Do you remember them? Chocolate cigarettes in white rice paper. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you used to pretend to smoke with the chocolate cigarettes. So them, or pear drops, or rhubarb and custard. Yeah, Yeah, I'm an old person. (laughs) Or, when you used to go to the corner shop, they used to have the big tubs, and it it was um, American cream soda, but in powder form, and you just used to get two ounces of American cream soda. Yeah, Yeah. two ounces, that was like for 12p. The cheaper stuff. Sweets. Oh, um, double lollies, swivels, you're right. Um, I used to live... Not far from New Mills, and lots of mates did summer jobs there. So I used to get quite a lot of these double hours. Did they used to get access to stock? Yeah, they did. And you also don't know what they did in some of that stock, but um, yeah. So you better stay well clear. <laughs> but also, Jazzies, I mentioned Jazzies. So I got some of them for Christmas. They jazzed in the stock. Just in the stock. Is this what we're saying? Here? No, Jazzies, they're nice. Okay, you know, they're, they're, they're white chocolate. What are the little mojos, the black ones? They were nice. Black were they Blackjacks, sorry. Blackjacks. Can we talk sweets? Sweets, yeah. Favourite ones? Oh, pear drops. How will United go on tonight? <laughs> Pardon? How will United go on tonight? Just because you've gone tonight, for the worst sweet ever pear drops. I don't know. I, I think we'll get beat tonight. Sweets. Fruit salads. There's no, there's, there's no other better ones than fruit salads. Fruit salads and blackjacks mixed. That's, that's about the one. How are you feeling about the game tonight? Uh, nil, nil draw. Sweets. Talk. <laughs> Any, any, anyone that says rhubarb and custard is wrong. Honourable mention to the sugar-free gummy bears as well that give the colonic cleanse. <laughs> you have a colonic cleanse through it in sugar-free. Right. That went well. What are your favourite sweets? Uh, as I'm in Seville, it's got to be churros. Churros. <laughs> churros aren't sweets. Fucking nice. Yeah, they're nice, but churros are like. Right. Probably have the highest percentage of cholesterol of any food imaginable, and it's yeah. just like whipped grease, isn't it? Yeah. Dipped in chocolate. You fucking had one before. I had one. <laughs> That's me one for the <laughs> right, season. Man. Favorite sweet, Sam? Um, ease. <laughs> Go fuck off. <laughs> Welcome to next week's United States. I'd have to palm the violets. 
Palm of Ireland. Sweet. Uh, minstrels. Minstrels. Yeah. Okay. Not sweet. David. Sweet. Uh, Werther's Originals. Werther's Originals. Right. Put money on that. We're going to yeah. conclude the sweet talk. I think for for this podcast, I'm going to go up to the ground shortly, and we're going to have some serious football talk, and we've got some. Good guests lined up tonight. Um, not that they currently know that they're going to be guests on this podcast, but let's see how we go. Um, I've been in the, the, the hotel where the Sevilla team are. Um, the Manchester United team are staying just around the corner. Uh, the preparation so far has been fine. Jose Mourinho was quite open in the press conference last night. And I think United fans are quite confident. Uh, Mourinho played down any talk of being favourites. The, the questions people are asking are, will Paul Pogba play? Um, but it's a beautiful this is one of the best places you can come for a European trip it's it's cheap it's a great city it's a football city and people are, are in, just walking away from the cathedral in the centre of Sevilla and I've been accosted by, by a gentleman who said do you know who I am and I couldn't quite place him and he said quite correctly I gave you a lift to Sunderland in 1995 and I, I remember it vividly so yeah I do um, there's a lift just, home actually there's a lift home from Sunderland did, did we lose? can't we remember did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. alright so yeah, yeah. somewhere deep in the back of my tiny brain I, I remember that what's your name and where are you from? I'm Peter Fay yeah. uh, I'm originally from Longside in Manchester and I now live on in McGull and Merseyside for my You've pains. got a little bit of a Scouse tinge oh, no, to your please. accent. That, that's a bit of an insult, but, you know, I, I'll accept it, yeah, right. because so you're probably you, right. Yeah. You're a Manchester United fan who lives in Merseyside. Absolutely. And how long yeah, have yeah. you lived in Merseyside for? Uh, probably longer than I've lived in Manchester. And what took you 13. over there? Uh, I got married to a Scouser. Right. Yeah, and I've now had two Scouse kids. Right. One of which is a season ticket holder at Man United as well. Right. So he's, he's, he's brought him up on the right path. And you've carried on going to games? I go. I, I have a 60-mile round trip to every home game. And how long have you done that for? 40, 30, 40 years. Right. Yeah, and I've had a season ticket since the 1960s. There were not that many season ticket holders around at that time. Is that right? Probably about 2,000, yeah. And wow. We, and and me, I was only a young kid then, but my dad used to have the season ticket, and we've had them ever since, yeah. Um, Whereabouts in the ground? Because you couldn't even get season tickets in most parts no, of the ground. No, no, no. And later be, at LMTBs. In, in, in what is now called the main stand. Yeah. That's where we had the season tickets, yeah. Wow. Uh, and then it moved around a little bit. We've had seasons in the old... In the old stadium, that, in the old stand, it was a 1966 World Cup. Yeah. Built for nine. We used, have, we, yeah. Used, we used to have one in there. We had one behind the goal. We, so they've moved around all over the place, yeah. you know. Um, but we still had to collect the tokens off the off the um, off the programs to get the tickets for the game because they didn't give you anything else. But as soon as they started building the league match ticket books in, we lost all our all all, all, all our all our advantage. So having a season ticket went at that point in time and and since then we're now one of 50,000 we used to be one of about 2,000 wow it's a bit and McGull is quite a nice leafy part of Liverpool I've seen my dad playing McGull and yeah. there was a canal by the pitch so <laughs> I'm dredging back even longer than coming back from a car in Sunderland with you in 95 I'm going back to 85 I don't even think McGull have a team now they used to have a semi-pro team because Liverpool has that's some re- Liverpool produces footballers. It's like Manchester. Yeah, yeah. But I've seen my dad play. South Liverpool no longer exists. Um, Bootle, Marine, McGull, um, Skelmersdale had a brilliant team for years, and I know they're still about. 
um, form be? I've probably missed, missed a couple as well. But are Magul still going? This is the longest question ever. <laughs> and one which no one will even be interested in the answer <laughs> apart from me. Well, here's the shortest answer ever. Yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell yeah. my dad and he'll say, stop boring me, son. Yes, yes, they're still going. Yes, they're still by the canal. Right. They can Leeds nev- Liverpool Canal. Yeah, Leeds Liverpool Canal. They can never, ever, ever leave the league they're in because they, the, their ground is on council ground. Is it a cricket pitch? It's a cricket pitch next door to it. The Gull Council. McGull, Get in there. Magull Council what a memory. two of them. Uh, and they can't build uh, permanent structures. What is it like being a United fan in, in Liverpool? Because I do know a few, and I, I, went, I went over with a United player last year to a taxi club in Walton, and I'm not going to say the lad's name, but when we walked in there, everyone looked round and went, fucking hell, it's... And we cleared it with the locals that this lad would, would be all right, and I'll write about that in the future, but you're living there. What, I, I sense that Scousers just love football like Mancunians do. Uh, they do, um, but there's a distinct difference between Liverpool fans and Everton fans. Okay. Liverpool fans um, will begrudge United anything. Everton fans are like any other football fans and will say, "Okay, that's fair enough. United win stuff this that, and the other." So, so, so they'll be okay. Living in living in Liverpool um, uh, is is was hard, was easy at the first. Now it's a little bit more difficult because. When I moved down there, United never won anything compared to Liverpool, and then they won everything. And now they're on a little bit of a par, but United still win more than they do. But Liverpool fans will always revert back to the five. Yeah. Uh, and, and the the five, palm of your hand. And the palm of your hand. Oh, I would do the same if I was them. The five, the five governs everything that they do. Yeah. Evertonians are completely different. They don't have the same... They don't have the same uh, historical arrogance about Liverpool that the Liverpool fans have, and therefore uh, they're much easier to talk to, if you like. They're much easier to have a, um, a less opinionated opinion about than, than you get with than you get with Liverpool fans. The Liverpool fans will always bring their history, and even though their history is now ten years and eleven years since they ever won anything, uh, they will always bring that back in. And the, the, the palm, the five palm, is always the one that will govern everything that they say which is a bit of a shame. I'm really enjoying talking to you. Um, I'd like to ask you about modern-day United. Yeah. How are you feeling about the team this season and, and the prospects under Jose Mourinho? All right, you, you probably have to... You probably need it. Probably you're entitled to your opinion, your as long as you don't libel anyone. No, my, 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 my opinion is that United are not, um, are not the team that they should be under Mourinho. I don't think Mourinho is getting the best out of the players that he's got. I think Pogba... Um, and, and, and one or two other players are nowhere near to the level that I would have expected them to be under Mourinho's management, given Mourinho's CV. So there's something not right at United. There's something not right, and I'm not quite sure what it is. The other thing that, that, that pisses me off, if I'm allowed to say now, is that United don't, don't go for the win. They'll go for a, a, a not lose under Mourinho. And that's okay. That won in the Europa League last year. Twenty. Twenty. Think it can win in the Euro- European Cup this year? No, no. Nowhere no. near good enough. I don't think they're nowhere near good enough to win the European Cup. Oh, having said that, I still wouldn't put it past Mourinho to get them somewhere near the final because he's that kind of a manager. And we all as fans might not like the style of football that gets them there. 
but it might still get them there. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't bet on it. I just think, I just think he needs to let players off the leash a little bit. I need to think he lets them express themselves. He needs to have something that gives them some incentive to play the football that they want to play. So Pogba, you know, he's the current, you know, flavour of the month in terms of the press. He wants to play an expansive game. Maybe, maybe, maybe Mourinho doesn't want him to play as expansive. Maybe Mourinho is right. Um, but he, he needs to say, you know, go on, do what we paid eight or nine million quid for you. You were a world record transfer. You were reckoned to be one of the best midfield players in the world. You are not showing that now. Two years later. So what do you think as a manager? Have you improved that player? No, you've not. It's been lovely to talk to you. Thank you for the lift back from Sunderland 23 years ago. <laughs> and thank you for your insight on being a Mancunian United fans, you've got a couple of lads with you. I've got hardly any battery left on, uh, on this. You, you live in Liverpool as well? I do. Born and bred? Correct. So, why do you support Manchester United? Uh, Stumbled on a little gold mine of interest here, haven't I? Uh, because my dad does. <laughs> right. Very simply. Why does your dad support United? Uh, born and bred in Longsight. Right. So, you grew up. What was it? How old are you? Uh, 36. So, when you were growing up as a kid, you supported a team which didn't win anything like as much as the team on your doorstep. Yeah, so I got I got a scene ticket when my granddad died in 1993. Right. So I was 12. So in reality, all the success is down to me. Right. <laughs> and your friends are Liverpool fans and Everton fans, or are there any other United fans? Uh, I'm a loner. Really? More Liverpool, more Everton? Uh, there's more Liverpool fans, unfortunately. And that's in North Liverpool? Yeah. Yeah, and what they like with you? Uh, hard work. And you, you're friends with um, Roy Evans's son, is that right? Stephen. Yeah, yeah. I, might, I, might, I might know him. Yeah. Is he a good lad? <laughs> he, yeah, he's good. He, big he's football okay. fan. He's a he's a big football fan. Yeah. And he supports United as well, does he? <laughs> Every week. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you're from Liverpool as well? No, mate, I'm not. No. Where are you from? I'm from um, Stockwell. Oldham originally living in Stockport now. How do you think United are going to do tonight in Seville? I think they're fine. I think they're good. Yeah. I think we'll get a couple of couple of goals. Yeah. yeah. Are you happy with the way the team is playing? Uh, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I think Mourinho's doing all right. Yeah. yeah. Happy with the uh, after the last couple of years. I think we're okay. Yeah. He's the right man to get United back. back I on think track. so. He's uh, yeah. making progress. I think so. Definitely making progress. I think we're going to. Yeah. He's a winner. I think we'll we'll get back on track. Brilliant. I've got four percent left, and I've got to try and find my way back to my hotel. So thank you. There's two and a half hours to the game, and I'm close to Sevilla Stadium in the Nervion district of Sevilla. I've just seen a group of young Sevilla supporters. How old are all of you? Uh, uh, 14 and 50 years. And how do you feel about the game tonight? It's uh, uh, I feel very emotional for the game because it's a opportunity a magic opportunity because this is one of the most famous competition in the world and very very emotional which what do you know about Manchester United uh, about Manchester United I know uh, very things um, is a big thing in England and very recognised in Europe. Which players do you know? Which players do you like of Manchester? 
Eh, I don't. I don't travel to Manchester never. And um, do you know the players of Manchester, like David De Gea or no. Juan Mata? Ah, players. Yeah, los, ah, los jugadores. De Gea, Molin, Bailey, Mata, Valencia, Ibrahimovic. ¿Y tu favorito? Eh, Pogba. Pogba, Paul yes, Pogba. Pogba. And which players are the best for Sevilla? Los mejores jugadores de Sevilla. Eh, Ever Vanega and Jesús Nava. And you go to the all of the games in the stadium? Uh, no, no, because I not support of the team, but I see the match in my home. And you're not a supporter of the team, but you have a, a bufanda, a scarf. Yeah, yes. But which team do you support? Uh, de Sevilla. Okay, pero vas a los campos para los partidos normalmente. Ah, no, no, no. Okay, okay. No money, he's just. He's got no money. Who do you think will win the game, Manchester or Sevilla? Sevilla, Sevilla. Which score? Uh, two zero. And in uh, Old Trafford, the second game. Old Trafford, one two. One two to Sevilla. Sevilla yes, will win yes. both games. Yes, yes. Okay, let's see if you're right. And f thank you for for your time. Any of you speak English? Oh, 50-50. 50-50. Uh, you, you have the classes of English in school? Yes. I don't have the time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, suspending. <laughs> yes. Suspending. Yeah. I, oh. have, um, I don't pass the exams of English. Why not? No. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't have time. You need to work no? hard, no? Okay. no. You find English very difficult. Very difficult for this because this is not very. French. French. Very level of English. He's not got a good level of English. Yes, yes. What What do you know about England? Have you been to England? No. What do you think of England when people say England? The people drink coffee. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were going to say drink beer, not coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and beer. And so you, you think English people drink coffee? Yeah, yeah. Anything else? Which English people do you know? Uh, David Beckham. David Beckham. He's a, the most famous English yes. person who you know. Yes. Ferdinand. Yeah. Rio Ferdinand. Fran Lampa, Gerard, Rooney. Defender of... Manchester United. Manchester United. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Oh, FIFA 18. Okay. So you you learn about um, English from the players of FIFA on the computer game. Okay. Well, uh, nice to talk to you all. I hope uh, Sevilla lose tonight. Yes. Uh, five, five zero. No 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 no. Uh, to, tonight Sevilla win the match to two zero. Vanega and Correa. Thank you for your time. It was nil nil and I've just walked from the main stand underneath into the mix zone to wait for Manchester United players. Uh, it was not Manchester United's best performance by a long stretch. I'm being very diplomatic there. They were atrocious at times with David De Gea kept United in the game. I looked at the scoreboard at the start of the second half. It was 15 efforts, attempts was the word used, uh, from Sevilla against five from Manchester United. And that just went up and up and up. By the end of the game, it was 25-6. And so I do admire the United fans singing about Vincent Company not winning about the treble at the end of the game because there wasn't a lot to cheer about on, on, on the pitch. The players are starting to come through and I'm stood next to 
Sidlo. Sidlo is a really good uh, Spanish football writer. He's been in Spain for a long time. He also hosts a very good podcast about Spanish football, if you're interested in that. Sid, what did you make of Sevilla Manchester United tonight? Last time I saw you at a game here, uh, covering United, it was in Vigo, and you said something which I just remembered. United looked very powerful. Yeah, I mean, they didn't tonight. Did no, they? no, they didn't. I mean, in, in part, obviously, it's 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 about perspective and where we are. And, and in Vigo, and obviously, I come to it fairly blind because I don't see a lot of United. That's the the truth. And in Vigo, we were sitting quite low down, and I got a very clear sense of the way that Pogba was able to bully a quite small Celta midfield. But not just bully it, because I think I think it's, it's unfair to reduce it to physical presence, because you could see the vision, you could see the drive, you could see the willingness to play a pass and keep on running, to go beyond people. That lovely style he's got, where kind of almost like an equestrian horse that he's on his tiptoes and stuff. And, and he was really, really impressive that night, as was Rashford. They just looked like a, a really athletic very direct, not direct in the sense of long ball, but very direct in the sense of a team, a team that would, that would, that kind of, you know, went at people um, and was prepared to to attack and, and really go for it. And, and and I was really impressed with them that night. Tonight, obviously, we're higher up. The view is slightly different. Their opponents are different as well. But but you're right, it was it was a totally different game. And, and, and there's loads of questions which I'm sure you know you and your listeners will have a much better take on than me in terms of you know, not including Pogba, including Adera when he wasn't possibly fit and so on. Uh, but all in all, I'm. I wasn't very impressed to be honest well, I think you're right um, Herrera's just walked past me and I said how are you doing Ander and he sort of gave me a pained expression he, he gave a look that, that is a man who's not alright yeah, didn't he yeah. and then just as we were talking then a man called Jose Mourinho stood in front of us and posed for a picture do you know why but because of, he wanted us in the background he, he, he did want he, he, he was going to take it over there and he thought no way listen these, these boys were in my picture you stood 30 centimetres in, in front of us and I would have spoken to him but I was, I was speaking to you I was, I was struck <laughs> there <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to think that was genuinely true, that, that it was more important to talk to me. Um, one second. Still in the mix zone with Sid, most of the Manchester United players have gone through. Not one of them has stopped to talk oh, yeah, to Yeah, funny. Uh, I, I can't though. understand why they wouldn't want to talk to us. I mean, you know, two blokes like us, they should be queuing up. They'll say hello, but they just do not well, stop to talk to anyone. Some of them will. <laughs> it is bizarre. I remember the... Um... Or maybe it's not that bizarre when you think about it. Think of it from their point of view, right? There's hundreds of us behind this barrier. Yeah. Like, kind of all sort of scrambling for them to say one thing. And they're probably looking at us thinking... It's a, it's, of the earth. It's the worst part of our job. Oh, it's awful. Isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's demeaning. It's really quite demeaning. But there you go. I love my job. But I've interviewed players on a Thursday and sat with them for one hour. And then been in the mix zone... Two and days later, and just yeah. watch them like blank. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> to be fair to them, and I've spoken to some of them about it, they just see a wall of anonymous oh, faces. No, 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 they just genuinely don't. A lot of the time, the ones that genuinely do know you, and obviously, yeah. you know, let's not be so presumptuous as to pretend that loads of them do. But, mm. but in every team, there's a couple that at least know who you are. There's normally a couple that genuinely know you. Even the ones that genuinely know you will, will literally put their head down and walk a tunnel. Yeah. And you're right, they don't even see you. It, takes, it takes quite an effort to, to make them notice. The only one who ever comes over and makes a fuss of me and speaks to me is a little Argentinian like old Messi. And, you know, <laughs> I, I have to deal with him, but... I'll tell you what. Imagine that. <laughs> imagine if he just... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He just used to pick you out each week. Andy, mate, how are you doing? Listen, I've been having a few problems with me penalties lately. Could you help me out? <laughs> you could probably give him a little bit of advice on that. That's one thing he's not very good at. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking of moving. Uh, which clubs would you recommend that I go to in England? Yeah. Well, there's this club in Manchester, well, in Salford, that, you know. Yeah. Right, try that. I don't think it's going to work, mate. Give it a go, but I don't think it's going to work. I remember years ago, he gave me a really bad interview. And the tape went off, and he said... 
why have Manchester City got all this money? How much are they paying? How much are they paying Tevez? And I felt like saying... Did he genuinely say that to you? He absolutely said it. Did you say why? Do you want me to set you up, mate? I, I said, why don't you ask Tevez? He's your Argentinian teammate. But it just showed that, obviously, they weren't close mates. And obviously, what you really should have said at that point was... Not as much as United. Yeah, go, go to United. Exactly, what are City paying? It, it Not does, as much as United, mate. Whatever does, you do. He does know him, United. He's sort of 20% sympathetic when I talk to him about Champions League victories and just shrugs his shoulders. But he did and say... And then the other 80% is what, gloating? Just, we, were, we were miles better than you. <laughs> and what the fuck was Rio Ferdinand doing? Let me take a free header in Rome because he's twice the size of me. Although, yeah. he, although he didn't use... Uh, I don't suppose that, he used that those terminology. Words, did he no, no, he didn't. So, you've watched a lot more of Sevilla than people who are listening to this podcast. Do you think they can win this tie at Old Trafford? The last time they played at Old Trafford, I know they've never played a competitive game against United before. No one really knows it. I didn't realise they'd even played there at all. They played Rio Ferdinand's testimonial game. They turned up and absolutely wiped the floor and were 2-0 up at half-time. Had the United boys come off a heavy night out? A heavy pre-season commercial, commercially-minded tour. <laughs> and um, The official pot noodle of Manchester United. Yeah, correct. It's going to be difficult for them, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, look, obviously in the immediate aftermath of the game, your, your response is different to what it becomes over the next four or five days when you start to reanalyse it and so on. I mean, we've just been talking to Jesus Navas, one of the people who did stop. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you asked him if he was optimistic for the second leg. Obviously, up to a point, he has to say yeah, yes. Yeah. He can't say no, we've pulled it up here. Um, but he's, you know, if we do the same thing, then, then, then we've got a chance. And, of course, he's right. If they do do the same thing, they've got a chance. The question mark is whether they will be able to do the same thing, whether Manchester United will allow them to do the same thing, whether the environment is the same, because this is a side that is very, very different at home to away from home. Bear in mind, they lost the derby here 5-3 to Betis about a month ago, but that's their only defeat here in over a year now. Is that the best game you've seen this year so far? Certainly the most bonkers game. It's brilliant. It was an, an enormous amount of fun. But do you expect any different? It's real. Betis, uh, they're Betis fantastic. <laughs> Wherever they go, there's honestly, goals. Honestly, there are some rules that you must know if you're interested in Spanish football, and one of those rules is always watch Betis. Um, I sat among Betis fans for the Real Madrid game the other night. There's only eight goals. It was another 5-3. Yeah, I think there's been two ready for this I mean I'm going to get these stats slightly wrong but I promise you if I have gotten slightly wrong it's only slightly Betis this year have had two 2-2s two, two, two three twos, two five threes, yeah. a 6 three, two five nils, a 4-4 four, four, and no nil nils. Yeah, there you go. that's Betis for you I sat among their fans the other night and their reaction was completely different to the fans I would normally sit among Manchester United fans as the goals were flying in they were like completely unperturbed it was normal for them no, yeah. like, Real Madrid have just scored two goals really quickly you should be really pissed off and you're like no this is just normal I, I don't know about you I've often had this thought I mean I know that no team embraces this idea exactly because in a way if you're competitive minded and every I think every footballer is even those that play very you know very small parts to, in their club even those who play for clubs that never do anything never achieve anything um, you know like Arsenal or Spurs uh, that's not fair on Arsenal, is it? They've won a few FA Cups recently. Um, Spurs have hammered Manchester United whenever they played them. <laughs> but, they, but they don't win but but, but, so, Sorry, the, the point I was going to make really was that I've often wondered about teams that deep down know that they're not going down and deep down know that they're not going up or they're not you know, going to compete for a Champions League place or to win the league. Is there not a little bit of those teams that think, sod it, let's make it fun? Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're going to finish seventh, I'd rather finish seventh being a Betis than being a Stoke, for yeah, example. Yeah, yeah. And again, I don't know if that's entirely fair on Stoke, but it's just the, the example that comes to mind. 
and, and so yeah there is there is some joy in that and there is there's something that reconnects us to something that I think gets forgotten we talk about objectives all the time we talk about positions in the table clubs. fuck that because at times there's, there's an intrinsic value to every game we're at the game because it's fun now I know we don't always think it's fun because we're suffering because we're under pressure because you want your team to win because you're desperate because you lose your head but bottom line is you're there to enjoy it aren't you because if not all you would do is read the results in a paper and not care about being there and, and so in that sense Betris are a joy anyway we've way gone off on a tangent I know, we're not here but, to talk about Betis, but you're right but it's your fault not mine Betis Honest. bring joy to football yeah. and after the game they've been hammered the other night there is an obvious segue into Mourinho there I don't know if you're going to take it or not there was no way ever this game was going to be 5-3 tonight Manchester no, United have not conceded more than two goals all season they're much much tighter there's yeah. a lot more tension around Manchester United there was no tension at all yeah, and, and that's the, that's the other thing in the fairness as I say to go back to that point that point was about a team that's not playing for anything yeah. obviously Manchester United are playing for something yeah. and so the, the, the mentality is different and, and you're right the, the approach is to be, has been to not concede goals I, I'm not sure if 0-0 away is a good result for Manchester United and yet if you strip away this game and you just say listen you've got a one-off game against Sevilla at home are you going through the answer is yes now obviously Sevilla will feel that this is reasonable because Manchester United haven't scored an away goal they will feel that tonight they saw that they can make chances against United but I think they'll also be obviously the disappointment of not having got the goal that, that makes this different um, I suspect but you'll know this much better than me that United won't necessarily go mad against the goal because one there will be sufficient for them obviously that changes if, if Sevilla score but sometimes I get the feeling that, you know, if United did let loose they would score a lot more um, because it's not like there is no quality in this team and there, was a, there was actually quite a lot of quality on the pitch tonight um, but, but I feel like as, as, to go back to where we started with this about you know, the reaction immediately post game right now I feel like Sevilla have lost their chance it might well be over the next week as we start to analyse this game and start to think about it and we see how United continue to play and how Sevilla continue to play it might be that we start thinking actually this is an opportunity they're a great cup team they are consistently so they are and I was about to say part of the reason for that is this place the fifth one but they went to the Wanda and beat Atletico in the Copa del Rey um, and there is something about them that, that they have that kind of rebelliousness they have that ability to go for teams um, I thought they were only really vulnerable in the last 10 minutes tonight and I think that was more because of the situation than actually the play if you see what I mean it was that sense that Christ if they score now we fucked it and I think that starts to play on your mind a little bit and I think you start to lose that, that those, those inhibitions that, that, that you know, can stop you playing and you've lost them at the start of the game and as the game comes, goes on you get them back again and I think you start getting a little bit concerned and you know United did score tonight disallowed I think rightly but I haven't seen a replay but disallowed and I think there was a kind of just a reminder that you know what obviously what happens now is you go to Old Trafford and the boot's on the other foot in that sense because of the away goal I must admit, I think United go for it. I do as well, but Sevilla are no longer Champions League novices. They're very good in cups. They've been playing cup matches every other week because a lot of the Copa del Rey games have been and something Christmas. else. Something else that I don't know is significant, but I think might play a part. Sevilla have never been beyond this stage of the competition, but you look at the teams that have beat them, uh, Fenerbahce, CSK, Moscow and Leicester, yeah. and in all of those cases they might have thought they were favourites. Yeah. And, and I wonder if against Man United it almost helps them that they're not. Yeah. Obviously that sense might have already gone now that we've had the first game. And again, they also, but there might also be something that plays in their minds, which is that they came here against Leicester, and to be perfectly honest, they dicked on Leicester. Yeah. They absolutely yeah. dicked on Leicester. If it wasn't for Cassius Michael, just as if it wasn't for David Ahead tonight, although I don't know if we're slightly exaggerating it in the media aftermath of the game, because it was two really good saves and a handful of relatively easy ones. But I just wonder if there might be a sense of the chance is gone. The chance is gone. Maybe we'll see. Thank you for your time, sis. Pleasure. Tell people about your podcast. It's a podcast that's called the Spanish Football Podcast, and it's a podcast about Spanish football. 
it says what it does on the tin. Much, yeah. Thanks, Ed. So that's it for the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm going to leave Seville now. It's a truly wonderful city. I'd fully recommend a visit if you've not been, even if it's not to see football. I've just been at Real Betis, who are the fourth best supported team in Spain. I was fortunate enough to be taken around the club. I spoke to many of their players, their manager, the captain, the sporting director. Very, very interesting. And I spoke to a lot of United fans in Seville. They didn't even know that Betis came from Seville. They play very, very entertaining football. Not like Manchester United, actually, in a lot of the games at the moment. So we'll bring in the next podcast from the Chelsea game at the weekend. We've also got a new United We standout. It's available to download now. It's on sale in the shops. All the subscription copies were posted from Manchester on Saturday. Cheers for the many, many of you who subscribe to the mag and who buy the mag. And it will be on sale, issue 280, outside Old Trafford at the weekend from our ground sellers. There's a big interview in there with Gary Neville where he answers readers' questions. There's loads of good stuff in there, um, which will hopefully be of interest. Until then, goodbye. Thanks for listening to the latest United We Stand podcast brought to you by Red Army Bet. We offer the best available odds on a United win, as well as a host of special bets created by Red. With half our net profits being donated to United supporters groups, Red Army Bet is about fans, by fans, for fans. Check out our website, redarmybet.com, or download the app. Red Army Bet, we all follow United.